This show is brought to you in part by GoDaddy.com. Get $96 in free extras with your domain name from GoDaddy.com. Each domain name includes free hosting with a website builder, a free blog, complete email, and much more. Plus, as a listener of the World of Warcast podcast, enter code WARCAST, that's W-A-R-C-A-S-T, and save an additional $5 off any order of $30 or more. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Podcasting to all of Azeroth, this is a special mini-cast of World of Warcast. With me today is special guest Ed Freeze, the CEO of FigurePrints.com. And in case you don't know, they are a new company that is making three-dimensional replicas of your World of Warcraft character. So, welcome, Ed. Thanks. It's great to be here. (laughs) Now, I just want to give everybody a little heads up as to why I'm personally excited about this this new companies because when I was in college I did what is called stereolithography. We would take three-dimensional models that was made on a silicon graphics machine and we would dump it to this other machine and it would laser etch this liquid which would harden the, the it would harden the liquid layer by layer and, and why, when I say layer we're talking very very thin like a fraction of a millimeter and then the and then the that would lower and lower and lower and eventually after maybe 12 24 hours you would get a three dimensional model this process uh could you explain what might be different from what i did like 15 17 years ago yeah sure it's it's more of a, a powder system it, it's easiest to think about it like an inkjet printer it's basically what it is the um the printer has a bay that's 10 inches by 14 inches by 8 inches deep. Mm-hmm. And it's full of a white powder. basically looks and feels like flour. Okay? Okay. And, and you have to imagine there's two of these bays, one right next to the other. And so, and they each have this platform. So, on the, say on the left side, the platform's all the way down. And on the right side, it's all the way up. Okay? So, the left side's full of powder. The right side's empty. Uh, a spreader comes and it spreads a very thin layer of the powder over on, you know, from the left side onto the right side. So you have this thin white layer of powder, basically like a sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then inkjet printheads come out, and they're literally HP 11 inkjet printheads. And they print in color right on that layer of plaster. Oh, okay? so that's how so you the, do the color. Okay. Yeah. So the powder is, I just called it a plaster. It's a plaster-like powder. Um, and basically, that's what gives you one slice. So just like you were just describing in stereolithography, you, you, you print very thin layers one slice at a time. So in the, in the horizontal dimensions, the XY dimensions, you've got 600 dots per inch like a typical inkjet printer. And then the vertical dimension, it's about 250 dpi, so about 250 slices per inch, mm-hmm. per vertical inch. So it, I explained one pass. Then, then the platform on the right goes down one 250th of an inch, and the one on the left goes up. The 250th an inch, and right. spreader spreads its next layer, and it and prints the next layer. So when you're done, what you've got is the platform on the left is all the way up, platform on the right is all the way down, and again you have a this big 
bin full of powder, except this time when you dig down into the powder, you find whatever it is, whatever object you created is down there waiting for you. Um, you take it out of the powder, and it's actually quite fragile at that time. You have mm-hmm. to be very, very careful removing it. Um, and it, and it looks very white, uh, very kind of pale. Um, and you take it and you dip it in glue. Okay. And the glue soaks into the material that it's made of. And that makes it quite strong and also brings out the colors, makes it very vibrant. Um, and so once it's dunked in the glue, strong and, and beautiful looking. And that's basically it. <laughs> for for those of you that might not have gone to this website yet, what they're offering is you give your character name and, of course, your realm name. And I'm guessing that you're tied into the armory? That's correct, yeah. Okay. And it will – I haven't seen the website in, in action yet because it's actually closed until December 11th. But I'm guessing what it will do is give you like a preview of, of what your character will look like? Yeah, you, so you type in the character name, mm-hmm. server, and we pull up a 3D render of your character right there with all your latest <laughs> gear right out of the armory. Okay? And you can choose, I think you said 14 different poses? No, it's it's more like, well, I counted the other day, it's it's about 40. Wow. And, and we're going to add more, too. The poses are really easy for us because they're just um, frames of the animation pulled out right. of the game. So... Um, you know, we did, but we have to do them one. We have to do one for every race and gender. So, doing forty meant we had to do eight hundred. Um, but it, anyways, we can we can add more. Um, but for the, for the start, we have about forty different poses pulled right out of animations of the game. So we'll take an emote like wave and we'll mm-hmm. pick a point where it looks cool and we'll freeze it, or we'll take you know some sort of attack or you know a ranged weapon attack, whatever, um, and. Uh, we, and then there's a set of options you can decide, too, just like in the interface. So you can decide whether you want your helm displayed or your cape or your tabard. Um, you can decide whether you want your weapons in your hands or sheathed or whether you want your ranged weapon out. Um, and ba- so basically, you can pose it the way you want it to look. And then you also have the option of selecting different bases to stand on. Mm-hmm. Uh, for most of the races uh, at launch, we have three different bases for you to choose from. Um, Actually, for the really short guys like the gnomes, see, I'm a gnome player, so I make sure the gnomes <laughs> don't get neglected. Uh, we actually have some uh, extra bases to kind of give them a boost. So uh, you may see on the website there's a, a picture of a, a gnome standing on a, the anvil right out of Ironforge. I, I my, saw that. Very yeah, that's my, that's my character uh, alias. So. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so, so the gnomes and the dwarves get some extra extra bases to give, <laughs> give them a little extra height because, we see, we have to print everything in scale. Mm-hmm. And since we're charging the same price for everything, it, we have to you know, even it out a little if you're going to print a giant tauren. We don't want you know, a little tiny gnome next to them for the same price. <laughs> and the price is $99.95? that's correct, yeah. Which I, I have to say, considering the fact that 15 years ago it would cost several times that much to do a very tiny one-inch sphere with the process that we were using at the time, 100 bucks really mm-hmm. isn't that much. It's I mean, for, for something that you can hold in your hand and keep... 10, 20 years from now when the servers are gone and <laughs> the World of Warcraft is no more, 
uh, which which hopefully I mean I, I'm not expecting it to only last 20 years, but yeah, you never know. But <laughs> if you quit the game, you could say, look, I don't have a digital copy of my character anymore because Blizzard technically owns it. But here you have a figure that's yours. You could say this is my character. This is what I worked on, and here's that character's maybe attack pose, which is probably what I, what I'm going to wind up doing with my character. My character is I'm going to have the pose that a mage would do if you if you started an attack and yeah it's it's very impressive yeah i you know i think it's a fair price considering i'm not sure if we're going to make money at that price so <laughs> um you know i i really wanted to to um keep it reasonable and this is very new technology nobody's tried to do this before mm-hmm. um and um but i you know i'm a i'm a player of the game uh, you know i have about 70 days worth of time into my gnome so um so it means a lot to me right (laughs) i mean i mean that that, that's part of what gave me the idea to do it in the first place somebody had done this with everquest years ago but not nearly the same kind of process that you were doing i think they were actually carving them out of clay and hardening them or, or, or something similar i don't know what it was and um it was really, really expensive, and you know the models didn't look so hot back then, and they weren't doing direct digital copies, and they were doing them by hand, so they couldn't mass produce them. And so, to well, let me ask you this: uh, I noticed on your website that it says an officially licensed Blizzard product, right? So, did they give you maybe a special version of of the equivalent of like maybe the WoW model viewer or or some sort of tool to to grab the digital copy and and do the poses and the uh, the cloth and the armor and the weapons and all that? Yeah, I actually use a modified version of the uh, WoW model viewer. Okay, um, and so um, Blizzard didn't didn't help me with that. Um, I got in touch with the uh, programmer who. Um, who currently maintains the model viewer is a guy named John Steele in uh, okay. Brisbane, Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I'm a programmer myself, uh, you know, I was able to make the modifications that I needed to make. But if I got stuck, I'd send John a piece of mail and he'd bail me out. It's <laughs> been a while since I wrote code, so. <laughs> but uh, well, you know, from my background, I used to work on Excel and Word back yes. in the old in the old days. But. Well. Um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, basically we take we take uh, the WoW model viewer, uh, which allows us to suck the models straight out of uh, current installation of the game, um, including the animations, and then we export from that into a format that um, that we can read into um, basically a 3D art program, and then we have a very complicated script that goes through and makes a, a lot of changes to the model to make them printable. I can go into that if you'd like. Uh, if you want, sure. Well, I mean, when we first started, we thought, you know, that w- that's all it was going to take. Just pull them out of the, you know, use the model viewer, pull them out, and, and print them, right? We're done. Well, uh, you know, when we tried to print them, we had all sorts of problems at first. We had these weird weird uh, lines would appear that connected between things that weren't on the screen. Oh, yes. Uh, we had... Um, well, lots of things would just crumble. I remember being really excited. I wanted to print a Mecha Strider, and it just completely destroyed itself coming out of the machine. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. And, uh, you know, I mean, basically, we learned some things that were obvious and not so obvious. I mean, uh, there's the, we learned that the model has to be watertight, which is um, kind of a, 
a 3D art term, but basically the printer has to know whether it's inside or outside, whether mm-hmm. it should be making things solid or, mm-hmm. or not solid. And um, guess what? The models made for the game never had that requirement. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so that, that, that's not true of them. Um, so we, the, the script that we run on these models is about 10,000 lines now just to, just to wow. automatically modify them. Um, and it does things like takes your, your cape, which is, you know, uh, has no thickness, right? Mm-hmm. So when you print, it just it immediately melts and extrudes it to give it thickness. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to, we have to do the hair in a very special way. We have to, there's a lot of stuff we do. We smooth the models because they're very polygonal. If we don't, uh, they look like they're just made of these really big triangles. Right. Um, and so it, anyway, basically they end up looking the way you think they look <laughs> when you look at them <laughs> on the screen. Well, <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about because one of the first things that I started doing, one of the reasons why I got into computer programming in the first place was specifically computer graphics. So I... I had a background in it in college. I did 3D graphics programming. One of the first shareware programs I ever wrote for the Macintosh was a 3D model viewer. So yeah. I, I have quite extensive background in, in 3D models. So as far as things like the cape goes, for people that don't know, when you're drawing something on screen and it's a two-dimensional object, it, it looks and feels three-dimensional simply because you're looking at it on screen. But if you, if you take a, a very good look at the cape, so to speak, um, it's really just a two-dimensional piece of paper, so to speak. And in order to turn into a three-dimensional model, the, the, what uh, finger, fi- figure prints is going to have to do is, is, as Ed said, extrude it a little to give it some thickness or else it's, it's basically going to be nothing. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it has to be printed. So, yeah, the, I'm sure you tackled a lot of technological problems with this whole s- system. Yeah, well, we've been working on it for a year to get ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seemed like a, an easy thing to do at the start, but, but it's well, it's ta- it's taken a year. There's there's four of us who've worked on it for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's myself. Um, there's a, a, a 3D artist. Um, who maintains that 10,000 line uh, script. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a programmer who does all the website backend stuff, all the programming I don't do. Um, and then there's a guy who um, runs a big printing facility up in Canada. And uh, our, our printers are an extension of his existing printing business. Okay. So the four of us are the company. Now, as far as technological problems go, there are some items in the game. For example, there's a tourmaline crown that you get in Blade's Edge around <laughs> level 68. How do you deal with items that have like sparks in them or, or like like the tourmaline crown specifically floats above your head? How, how would you how would you handle things like that? <laughs> I know I know that crown specifically <laughs> because uh, it, we did a beta test with my guild. I'll plug uh-huh. my guild. It's Liquid Courage Guild on the, the Scenarius server, and uh, they were they were great guinea pigs. But one of the one of the people in the guild wanted that crown printed, and um, we ba- the normal process is when you order something and it's the first time we've ever seen it, mm-hmm. it goes it goes to um, a human, it goes to a real 3D artist, uh-huh. and they look at it and then they interpret it. Um, they create. They have to create something solid that's the, their best artistic interpretation of what that object should be. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, and a lot of times they can do a great thing. I mean, you know, something might be floating and they can do a good job of connecting it. You have to remember, though, we don't have clear 
So yeah. you know, we, can, we can print something in white or black or any color, but we can't print in clear. Um, you know, in the case of that specific crown, it's the, actually the only time the artists have come back to me and said, we don't know what to do. Well, and, and, yeah. and, and I talked to the, <laughs> and so I just talked to the person who had the thing and I said, yeah, basically you have two choices. We can make it, we can not have it or we can stick them in your hair. You know, mm-hmm. we can stick because there's like these three pieces floating. We can stick them in your hair. And they said, you know, I'd rather just not have it at all. Yeah. Um, and, and there's going to be cases like that where um, where we just have to make sort of an artistic judgment. The, you know, the final thing may not be exactly like you saw it on the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another example is in chance, right? Uh, obviously, we can't make things glow yeah. or have the particles <laughs> shooting off them. Anything that's in space, we have to do something about, yeah. Yeah, and I don't expect you guys to be tackling that anytime soon because the amount of space that you would need, like, even if you thought about putting like an LED inside of something, <laughs> it would be impossible to to even put a wire in something like that. So I, I hope people don't have high expectations of this product and say, well, you know, this this isn't like 24th century stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's very 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 impressive as it is. Um, but we're still limited as far as technology goes. You can't do enchants. You can't do floating things and, and, and such. So That's exactly right. I can't see anybody who would want a tourmaline crown as you know something they would want to print with. You, you would think that you would want to print with something where they were level 60 or level 70, where maybe you don't have these floating things or steam coming out of your shoulders or, <laughs> or something like that. But um, what about if... Like, for example, I have a character who's level 70, he's got tier 5 gear, but he's got a crappy pair of boots. Yeah. Because I just kept losing rolls and just never <laughs> – would I be able to say, well, all right, you know what? I want the ruby slippers on, on this character <laughs> or something like that. You know, we had a long talk with Blizzard about that, and mm-hmm. they they really – and and they they kind of convinced me that this was the right thing to do because I, I wasn't sure. They really convinced me that – that we should only print things people really have, mm-hmm. you know, that otherwise it would take away from the value of, of, of the prints. I mean, if anybody can go out and print themselves up in tier five gear, you know, it, it doesn't really mean anything to have the statue and say, look what I achieved. Look, you know, look at all the time that I put in to have right. this. And, you know, that that's really their philosophy. And, and um, you know, we're a licensed partner there, so we, we, we follow their will. Right. Well, I, I have to I have to agree with them. Because just like you said, if they wanted the tier six set, you know, then everybody would have that, and, and you really don't show off your accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, for myself, for example, I have a level sixty druid that never got past level sixty, who has half tier three gear from Nexramus and half a bunch of junk from <laughs> like Blackwing Lair or something like that. <laughs> Right. And as much as I would love to have the helmet removed because that helmet was god awful, it was it was the Tier two Cenarian helm or, or Stormrage helm, the one that looked like a moose. <laughs> I would love to get rid of that and have you know maybe a better looking helm like the Tier three helm, but you know unfortunately I can't. But that's part of the charm of the whole thing. You say this is where my character stopped or something. Um, <laughs> why you, you're laughing? I'm laughing. I'm laughing because some uh, some. People have already been able to get into our website and get some of the screenshots out of it, and uh-huh. uh, and the 
uh, on the front page, there's there's a gnome standing on an iron forge. But what people don't know is that's my character. Well, I've seen some posts already where people are saying, you know, what's with that random gnome with all this gear? It's <laughs> like a random gear, you know. But it's like it's my random gear, you know. It's it's mostly Kara gear, but it's mm-hmm. you know it's it, it is my random selection of stuff from where, from where I'm at, you know. Yeah. That's I think you know that's going to be true for most players. For someone like me, I take boatloads of screenshots. I have so many screenshots that it takes more than a dual layer DVD to burn them all, and <laughs> they're all in TGA format. So, so for me to have something that I can look at and hold. Oh, and, by, and another thing that I want to let everybody know is, is this thing comes in a. Is it a glass cover or is it just a translucent plastic cover? It's glass. It uh, is glass. Okay. Yeah, with that, it's. They're really quite heavy when you when you get them. the 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 figure is glued down to this uh, thick wooden base, black wooden base that's then um, covered in a solid glass dome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, well, you kind of have to see them. They're, they look really impressive. I think. <laughs> I, I you know I saw the video uh, where uh, Randy from the Instance saw one for the first time and. I, you know, I, I think that I would probably have the same reaction if I saw that also, uh, but uh, but just knowing that it's it's yours, see, that's what makes us just the most impressive is that you, <laughs> we can make in today's day and age 3D st- stuff, you know, custom 3D stuff, and and I and Ed and I were talking offline just before this started. It's like I was doing this actually, Lindy and I, the, the, the former host, that's where we met was in the the stereolithography lab uh, at school and you know mixing that kind of tech not not the exact technology with the goop i mean it was different but but just the fact that you can make like a 3d object you know and and attach it with wow model viewer and create this amazing thing is just really really impressive and yeah it just seems <laughs> it, it seems like the future i mean it seems science fiction when you're doing it i mean to have something on the screen and then say print it i, I explain it to people what i'm doing and they I'll, especially if they're not computer people they just don't get they it they don't get it right? you know it's like what do you mean 3d print or i show them i'll say so i'll go get one and i'll show it to them and they say what do you mean this came out of a print this didn't come out of a printer it's a <laughs> it's an object you know i can it's three-dimensional you didn't print this you know, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. I don't know. It is. Hopefully, it, it'll be. Hopefully, it'll be a good business. You know, hopefully, I'm not just in love with it just because it's cool. No, <laughs> I I really think for, I've talked to people about it, and people in my guild and and some other people that I've spoken to are really looking forward to the ability to do this sort of thing. Because, like I said, once you stop playing the game or, or or move on or something like that, you you have a physical object that says. This is who I was, or not who I was. I mean, I'm not one of those people that think that I am my character. But but you could say like this, this is what I put my effort into. Yeah. And I and and I have to say another thing, Ed, is that I like the scale of the object. It's not tiny. It, I think it's just the the right size for something that you can put on your desk. It's not yeah. too big. It's not too small. Yeah, it works out. It worked out pretty well. I mean, I told you the dimensions of that bay. The the vertical dimension is eight inches high, mm-hmm. and so we have to think about what's the biggest character with their hand in the air. You know, maybe they've got something in their hand, and and so that that one eighteenth scale really works well for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you make if you make 
gnomes too much smaller, then all the pieces <laughs> get really small. Right. You know, too too small, too thin. Or you have, if you have to make them thick enough so they'll print, then the proportions get messed up, right? Um, so there, there's a real trade-offs in the dimensions. Um, and fortunately, we found a really nice sweet spot there at 118. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking to some friends about this, and I said, you know, it would be really cool if you guys could also do bosses. Like, yeah. Like your character, like a diorama. Yeah. And you know, like your character versus, oh, I don't know, Magmadar or something like that. And, and I'm sure that's maybe somewhere down the line or something like that. But I just think that would be kind of nice where you can have your character and maybe some boss that pissed you off so much one day and, you know, you finally defeated him. And, and going along with what Blizzard said about your gear and representing what you did, maybe you can't do the boss unless you have a piece of gear from something like that tier and up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think we're going to get there. Um, and, and we've certainly talked about it. We've printed uh, mounted characters, for example, mm-hmm. um, just as tests. Um, the, uh, and, and Blizzard's open to that. Um, they, you know, we'll see where we go in the future. Right now, we're pretty capacity constrained. And if, the thing is, if we, if we look at printing something that's a size of two or three or four figures, um, you know, that's, Two or three or four other people who can't have their figure printed. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we're gonna we're gonna just stick to the core figures and try and make as many people as we can happy. Once we grow and have the ability to handle more, then um, I think we'll be able to expand the product line we're offering. And it takes how long for a figure to come back to you? Uh, <laughs> we're in the middle of writing the fact <laughs> so we haven't decided what number to put in there yet i think it's you know typically it, it, the typical turnaround is about a month for us mm-hmm. and um that you know the the actual process from start to finish takes about a week but you know we, it depends where you are in the queue and you know when we're going to get to it and there are certain figures where there where we print them and they don't work, and then we go back, we learn, and we learn we have to cha- do changes and we have to print them again. So, mm-hmm. the, you know, the typical turnaround will be about a month. Um, you know, the some people were uh, were quoted in some places as saying uh, ninety days. There, that's actually a thing that has to do with Dell, and you and I haven't talked much about the Dell thing, but mm-hmm. uh, as part of the Dell deal, we. When we put that deal together, we weren't sure uh, how how much volume we would get, and so we gave ourselves 90 days to make sure we could fulfill everybody and make them happy. But mm-hmm. I think the typical turnaround would be about a month. Okay. Well, I think, that... I, I, think I left myself enough outs there to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you don't know. I mean, uh, we're going to release this podcast uh, when you go live, so you nobody here really knows, including you, what kind of volume you're going to have anyway. So I guess you can what ask people to be patient. I suppose. Yeah. Well, we are we are going to limit uh, how many orders we take at the start, and mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's pretty likely that, uh, and and basically we're going to do kind of a drawing type thing where uh, everybody who wants can enter for a certain period, and then we'll mm-hmm. you know we have a fixed number that we're going to be able to do in our first batch, and then we'll just do a drawing from all the people who are interested, and then we'll just do that periodically. Okay. Uh, so. Um, I do expect that, um, you know, we're not going to just take orders from everybody and make people wait six months or a year to get one. All people right. will know whether they're whether they're actually going to be printed as part of this next batch, and so they'll have a reasonable expectation for when they'll get it back. Yeah. Uh, is there anything about the uh, the Dell promotion that you wanted to mention? Oh well, 
Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, an, another part of, of starting this is that um, uh, Dell uh, approached Blizzard, wanted to do this laptop. My understanding of, of it is it came out of the fact that they made two custom World of Warcraft laptops for a charity auction, mm-hmm. uh, like a, almost a year ago, and uh, that was a big success. And so then they thought, well, maybe we should really turn this into a product. Anyway, my understanding is that Dell came to the licensing part of Blizzard and said, do you guys have anything cool you're working on uh, that we could make part of this? And they said, well, there is this kind of secret project we've been doing with these guys. Nobody's seen it before, but they showed them some of what we're doing. And I, it turns out Michael Dell's a, 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 a WoW player. I didn't know that. but <laughs> uh, So apparently he got to see it somewhere along the way and really really thought what we were doing was cool. So um, so yeah, so we, we put together a deal where um, every one of these custom World of Warcraft laptops that Dell ships um, comes with one of our figures, the right to print one of our figures. And so basically you get a coupon in the box and you go to our website and you type in your coupon number and that uh, that gives you the right to print one character for free. You create whatever character you want and we'll print it and send it to you. Very impressive. I, I have to say I'm, I'm I, I said to Ed that in an email that I was going to be there as soon as the website opens so I can order one of these things <laughs> because it's it really is I mean for me it's it's like waiting 16 years for something that I started in college and even though somebody else is doing it I, mean, I really wanted to see something like this take shape uh, ever since you know I started working in the lab so I, I do. Uh, it's, yeah it's been really it's been really rewarding to work on it um, because uh, you know for example when I started the beta test with my guild you know you have the same thing from people what are you doing what is it you know <laughs> um, and, and just kind of trying to get people to try it and see it and and um, now you know that they've gotten their prints back everybody's like oh I wish I had done it if they didn't do it and you know everybody's posting the pictures of their prints on the on the guild website and uh, <laughs> And uh, there's a, anyway, a lot of excitement about it. So it's uh, it's fun. It's re- it's rewarding that way. I feel like I'm making people happy. And and yes, I think you are, including myself. <laughs> and I'm sure with all the players out there that you know are attached to their characters and and really want to have something physical to have for themselves to put on their desk and 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 really look at. I, I'm you you are really going to make a lot of people happy. I'm sure you are. And I offer you guys the best of luck, and I hope that everything works out for you. And I'm sure it will. I don't think you guys need luck. I think you're going to do really well with this. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll be able to um, to keep up with the demand and uh, not keep people waiting too long. And uh, and uh, that when people get them, they'll be what they expect, and they'll be excited about them. Yeah, I think they will. Well, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you've got a lot of, you know, you've got 48 <laughs> hours <laughs> from, from, from the time. We're recording this at like 12.30 in the morning, my time, 9.30 out in California, uh, Ed's times. And I'm sure he's got a lot to do. So I wanted, I wanted to keep this to about half an hour. And thank you, Ed, for coming on and talking about this product, which I, I, I'm itching to see. Great. Well, th- thanks for having me. This was really fun. I, like I said, I've never been podcasted before, so and now you very, have. It was very, very painless. <laughs> it's, it. Like I said, it's, it's really not that. It's not that tough. It's, just think of it like a phone conversation. It's, it's, <laughs> but again, th- I, I want to tell everybody that it's 
figureprints.com. By the time you hear this, um, Ed had requested that I not post this until Tuesday morning. And uh, so the website will be live by the time you hear this. And uh, thank you, Ed. All right. Take it easy, if you'd like to visit us on our website, it's worldofwarcast.com. You can email me at starman at worldofwarcast.com. Our voicemail Skype address is worldofwarcast, one word. And please leave us a, a review on iTunes. We're up to over 300, and we're doing pretty well with that so far. So, again, thank you for listening to the minicast, and I hope you guys get some prints. 